Hey, everybody. Before we get started, a little note. We ran into some inexplicable technical issues during this episode. We're working desperately to try to figure out exactly what happened so we can avoid it in the future. But we want you to know before you get, uh, you know, dive headlong into this episode. Regardless, we hope you enjoy it, and thanks for sticking with us. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. Join Chris and Drew, two self-proclaimed booze pundits with a lifetime of industry experience as they walk you through the alcohol business and how today's headlines affect the industry. Each week, the guys will be joined by a special guest that will help them break down these stories and offer their own expertise to the podcast. So, pour yourself a glass of your favorite drink and sit back. This is the Good Bottle Podcast. Howdy doody, everybody. Welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Chris Sinclair, and I am joined by my infamous co-host mr drew garrison uh you about to call me a co-host 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 it's it's i know uh, i've been putting weight on but i'm doing my best out here it's very uh pennsylvania dutch that's what we're going Ah, i see uh how's your uh how's your uh uh day going i uh i'm sipping on a montucky cold brew because it's delicious and that's been sort of the type of day that i'm having so um so i'm actually i'm actually doing a little break from from the drinking um so i'm gonna be hitting up our good friend leon and uh and nick i'm gonna be like hey send me all of your non-alcoholic uh fixes so that way i don't lose my goddamn mind over however long i do it but like i downloaded an app on my phone that is like tracking the days for me so i'm going to try to hopefully use that as encouragement be like hey you made it this far is it just your stopwatch do you have a stopwatch app on your phone i feel like (laughs) just let that run i mean so far it's probably the better use of of an app you know (laughs) because it's you know probably quicker times but uh but no i'm just you know just a little haze i'm gonna see how long i can go now you know obviously in our industry that's a very tough thing to do uh just because the temptation is is all over the place. Uh, but I will be doing some tastings this coming Thursday of some wines and stuff, but I'm going to be spitting. So I'm, I'm going to at least try to. We'll see how we'll see how it goes for me. The, it depends on how good those the wines tw- are. The 12-year-old inside my brain wants to make jokes, but the grown-up in me is going to uh, abstain. You can make them. You can make them. This is, this is a I safe place. I don't need you to place. tell me what to do. Okay. Well, um, before we get to today's guest, I just want to give a shout out to a couple of our listeners, Kyle and Maggie, who both reached out to us and let us know about the little metronome tick that we had on on last week's episode. The funny thing now about doing this for a few years and being over 100 episodes, and me and Chris were talking about this offline earlier in the week, was like, we've made almost all of the mistakes. So now when they do occasionally pop up, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we've dealt with that before. <laughs> And, yeah, yeah uh, I fucked up that way before. Chris was again. able to. So now I know how to yeah, fix it. So, so, <laughs> yeah, so Chris fixed it. So we just want to, you know, it, and it's also encouraging to know that, like, oh, yeah, people are still listening. So that's really awesome. So, so again, Kyle, Maggie, thank you guys for, for, you know, if you see something, say something. And <laughs> a, you guys a good way to use that. Slogan, that. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So, with all that said, let's get into t- today's business. We're going to be talking uh about more port issues that are happening all throughout the the world really and As we're also going to be talking about the wine. R- that's correct that's right. um and we're going to be talking about rosé tequila and there's only one person 
who we can bring in to talk about this stuff because she's been to Mexico multiple times. She's traveled the world. She's been slinging tequila in places like Melbourne and Miami and probably the list goes on and on, but that's the only thing I could find online. Very, very tough research project um, this week. But uh, she is on Instagram as Miss Agave. So it's pretty much the best person to talk about Agave. Our guest today is Ashley Levy. Ashley, welcome. We've made this happen. Nobody knows how hard it was for this to come together, but it came together. Here we are. (laughs) We've also learned that Chris has a bunch of new sound drops, so who knows what's going to actually happen during this episode. But um, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited about this because I've been following you on Instagram for enough time to know that you produce some of my favorite content online right now and your videos are always hilarious and i always feel like they're poignant to like things that happened to me that day where i'm kind of like i'm like this is super dumb and then you put out a video talking about some difference between mexico and i'm like like, see she gets it she she understands so (laughs) um so why don't you you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself if you're sipping on something what are you drinking let's let's hear it well thank you thank you for having me i am excited to be on this podcast finally uh and yeah so um like you said i go by miss agave it's kind of the name has picked up a bit where people know me as agave now which is kind of funny um but my name is ashley and i'm a bartender here in miami florida and i've been working with exclusively agave spirits for about seven years or so um like like you mentioned i did start my bartending career in melbourne australia uh and yeah i was um just in mexico uh in the fields where they were making ricea and so that is what i am sipping on tonight some delicious ricea from jalisco very cool. Very cool. So, um, so, you know, people have definitely heard of tequila and then I think the, the world is changing when it comes to people understanding mezcal more, but you know, now we're going even more deep cuts and you're talking about ricea. So for our listeners, what is ricea? So ricea is just a, an agave spirit. Um, they call, so you can make it from several different agaves and it does come from the state of Jalisco. So some people are like, Oh, it's tequila. Uh, it's not just cause each, I guess, um, spirit has its laws and terms of what it can be called and, and why it is the spirit or not. Um, so Raicia mainly comes from either the coast or, uh, the, the mountains, La Sierra, and you can use different agaves in this case. Um, they call them lechuguillas. Um, it was quite funny because I was like, the agaves are so beautiful. And they're like, those are lechuguillas. And I was like, yeah, they're agave maximiliana. They're like, yeah, but they're lechuguillas. And I'm like, all right. So <laughs> they were kind of joking around and calling me Miss Lechuguilla out there. So we'll respect that. Um, but yeah, it's an, it's an agave spirit. There are differences with how it's made. Um, it's They're cooked, at least in the mountains, in what looks like pizza ovens. I believe on the coast, they do cook it more like mezcal in like earthen pits. Um, the fermentation, distillation... Uh, comes out and yeah they're just it's a it's a very delicious spirit in my in my opinion so um so ricea is one that that i definitely have a a big affection for we we carry one in california called bonete and uh they do a couple different uh they work with a couple different people and um 
one of them is uh like the adobe ovens and then we we also do have some some underground earthen pit uh but i will say that one of the few agaves that i struggle with is maximiliana like i don't know why and i and and i've talked about it on the podcast before but like every probably six months i try it again just to be like okay it's been a while Let's do it again. Maybe the maybe the palette has changed, but it just it's just one of those agave that I can't get on board with. But like I've had a bunch of you know other ones. Like obviously you can get some rhodocanta as well, which is like I find absolutely amazing. Well, there is some Angus defoli out there, kind of in random what, spots. What is it about um, uh, Maximiliana that that like throws you for a loop? Okay, so for me there is this funkiness that's yeah. on the maximiliana which doesn't make sense right so for our listeners they know what kind of a weirdo i am for jamaican funk they know um that i do want things that challenge my my palate but i feel like the maximiliana gets into like this kind of like fruity rot like a little too far past for me that i'm just kind of like i haven't been able to like less to get less there. cheesy more more like you accidentally left some fruit in your refrigerator in the fruit drawer too long 100 percent, 100 percent. or so, like accidentally i, mean, I know i'm not drunk giving... on a hundred degree day in sacramento sort of sort of funk but potentially that and i realize that now i'm kind of burying this entire category which i now <laughs> apologize for but um but you know ashley for you you know you there's in one of the articles that that i read about you know like there was a time and a place where you were actually not a fan of even tequila at all yeah right which which seems like the you know the most approachable of all the different agave spirits you know and then now you're you know you're traveling to these places and these are not necessarily easy places to get to like sure you can get into jalisco relatively easy but it's like all right now let's go jump in the truck or jump in the sprinter van and we're going a couple hours out into different parts of jalisco that people really aren't going to so you know for something like that like what what about this trip made it so appealing to you the one that you just got back from Oh, well, this trip in particular was, I want to say, a, a long time coming. I mean, I've been to tequila distilleries, and I've had an amazing time every time I've gone. I've gone to um, Oaxaca, and I've seen the production of mezcal being done. I mean, I am just as giddy. My mom says anytime she sees photos when I'm in Mexico, um, she sees the back of my teeth. Like, she's just like, you're just like a different <laughs> smile out there. And I mean, I mean, yes, I'm on a vacation, I guess you could say this, of course, but um, I am genuinely excited. And I was um, really looking forward to this trip in particular. Um, I've been drinking this, but I see it for a while. I've done a few different um we call them experiences. Um, I've gone to Cabo with this brand. Um, I went to uh, Jalisco, uh, the town, not the not where I went this time, which was actually in the mountains, but the town where, like, it, I guess, the main town where it's from, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and so actually being there, seeing the plants, planting them, which was awesome. Uh, I had the honors to chop up the pencas from a 17-year-old agave uh, and then uh, throw them into the oven, open that oven, um, and then I was able to crush up uh, different agaves, not the one that we we, um, cut up. It was just, I got to see the process and and live in it for about five days and, and it wasn't just, oh, take a trip there and then go back. And it was like five days of 
being around here, no cell service. Um, and it was just amazing. Um, yeah. So, but you're right. Uh, from what you said before, I did not like tequila back then. I am a Miami girl and going out to these clubs back in 2013, 14, I mean, you're drinking vodka cranberries that weren't properly made at like table service. Right. And then really at that point, the only tequila that was, the only tequilas I would say was Patron and um, what was it, Cuervo. And I mean, at this time, this age, I didn't even really know how to drink. It wasn't until I got to Australia where I was almost forced to drink. There's something about Aussies. They can handle their liquor. <laughs> um, but my first job out there was a tequila bar, super random. Um, I remember like it was like a Friday night and they were like, doing like a staff meeting and they're like, it's going to be a big one. Here's a shot for everybody. It was a shot of tromba. And I had to hold like my new coworker's hand. I'm like, I don't like this stuff, but I'm going to do it. And this this place really um, made sure that we knew what we were selling, how to sell it. We had to go to every table that we would sell tequila to with the bottle, say something about it um, quickly, right? Like this wasn't like right. a posh place. It was a funky place with like a Ghostbusters neon sign in the front. Um, but they would, you know, I wasn't until I would see the photos of the work being done to make it. I'm like, this is something I can appreciate. And, and, and out there, like the selection of tequila was unmatched. I mean, there was every single good bottle you could probably name on my back bar. And uh, yeah, it just, it just grew. And I wanted to share the passion that I started growing from it to other people. I've got, I've got sort that. of like a, a a random question it's uh, based on your time there just because the the rules in different countries are so so very different mm -hmm. for alcohol and large companies and what they are than what they are in the US did you experience sort of any sort of um you know like you were saying before experiences that were more easily accessible uh due to booze brands while you were while you were spending time in in Australia or do you find that maybe now you're having that that more um an easier access to education or fun oh no out there um Guillermo Sousa from Fortaleza was at my bar all the way in Melbourne um and he came to the bar we would have like a, a, a you know we had a, a dinner and there was talk was involved and he came and he represented his brand, told a story, gave out swag and, and showed us photos of the Hacienda and all of that. And then um, there was another moment where I met like a representative for the Southern Hemisphere on Agave who was doing a whole course on Tequila Ocho. Uh, particularly Australia just has a great hospitality program and I think like to, when it comes to cocktails and spirits, they're just, they're just up there. So, and especially in the city of Melbourne. Um, but it was there where I tried Raicia for the first time and Sotol. Like I, I tried it out there in like 2016. It wasn't even, it wasn't, there wasn't even a denomination of origin for it. That right, happened right. in like 2019. Right. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So do you think that now, cause you had mentioned, you know, your time in Miami before that vodka crayons, which, Hey, I can still do a vodka crayon when the, when the time is right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. But do you, do you think that like no your, way. 
your run up into agave would have been different had you been at let's say like a um a tequila bar in the united states versus because i feel like you know you're talking about getting touches from fortaleza and tequila ocho i mean those are those are incredible brands but they're much smaller and i don't i mean and i obviously i know that they're global brands and they're they're spending money everywhere but Mm -hmm. Is it was it a combination of just kind of like the right bar and stuff like that? Because it, it kind of feels like you like you skipped a lot of like oh I don't really need to go through that phase of my tequila drinking. I'm gonna jump right to the quote unquote good stuff. I would not be Miss Agave if I didn't move to Australia. I I knew that moving out there I I moved there blindly like it was one of those I graduated college and I was like bye and that was my bucket list place. I went I enjoyed the first month. I traveled the second month and I was like, all right, now I want to make Australian money. You know, at this point I need to start making money. And it just happened to be, I had some tacos with some friends at this place and I just asked them if they were hiring and that was it. And there was this really cool bartender from Perth, like tatted up, um, winged eyeliner. I also do the winged eyeliner and some people would like, uh, confuse us. And I was like, super, I got, I would get a little giddy about that. Like she was really, she was really cool. She kind of looked like Amy Winehouse and yeah. her drink was tequila on the rocks, Espolón on the rocks with a tecate. And I would always go to these bars and I would have no idea what to order. Cause when you don't know what to drink, or you don't know how to drink, you don't know, you know? And, yeah. and I just kind of was like, yeah, same. And then I started to just appreciate it. And I mean, to this day, I still really only go for Blanco tequila. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't be Miss Agave if it wasn't for Australia as a whole. But so it's so crazy that a random, you know, taco lunch could, could lead you to such a huge (laughs) part of like your personality now. I mean, and even looking like behind you, like you have all these like super dope bottles. It's, and it's not like, 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 Oh yeah, I've seen those before. It's just like, Holy shit. Why do you have that? how did you get it? You know, and and stuff like that. There's a couple of mezcals back there. I see uh, some stuff from uh, kind of the Camarina family as well, which I've. It's the Corrado, right? Yeah, that, yep. yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's a bucket. That's a bucket list tequila for me. So, um, yeah, this is the uh, the Fortaleza Winter Blend that just came out in like December ish. That, nice. that damn tequila is so yeah. freaking delicious. And she's got that, but she also has some mescalifera up there. She's got a mini of the Ray Comparo. I mean, like, yeah, this is no. So, okay. So now you have, you have this interest, you have this growing interest. And then, you know, this then translates to, to Instagram and doing these videos, potentially TikTok. I don't know. I'm not a TikTok. I don't know if you're also on there. I'm on um, okay. There you go. Okay. So like, what was what was that decision like? Because I feel like with a lot of our listeners, you know, we do get a lot of industry people and I feel like people for the most part, like they struggle with getting their voice out there. So what was that process like for you to kind of be like, you know what? I have the name. Now it's time to back it up with content. What was that process like for you and how do you continue it to today? So I moved back from Australia in about 2018 and um, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I didn't think I was going to just stay in like the industry. I felt like that was something um, I enjoy doing out there as a way to meet people. Also, they pay different out there. I would get like a 
real uh, hourly wage and like moving to the tip system. I was a little bit like, I don't, I don't know if I could do it out here. Okay. Um, but I ended up getting like this office day job. And then there was a tequila bar opening in Fort Lauderdale, um, which was near where I was living when I moved back. Um, and we opened that up. It was a tequila bar. I felt comfortable because uh, we had very little of everything else. Like, yeah, there was like a bourbon here and like peach schnapps to make green tea shots. But I was a little intimidated of making other spirits. And it ended up being like my first, I guess, job um, in the industry in, I guess, South Florida. And I, as much as I would love to talk about agave spirits and recommend some of the bottles we had and get people to drink it or let alone try our mango mezcal cocktail um people didn't really always want to hear me speak and i get that like that's not what they come to the bar for always and so i was like let me just put everything i want to say and all these things on instagram so i would start posting bottles that we'd have in the back bar or like some photos i had from when i went to mexico or whatever and then the pandemic hit um shortly after and then I was like, okay, well now I don't have this content on my back, on a back bar anymore. I didn't have a quarter of the bottles I have today. And that's when I started doing like cocktails from home, like a lot of people did during the pandemic right. and essentially put a face on the name on the account that I had. And cause I never actually even posted myself in the beginning. And then from there, you know, it was just posting a bottle here, doing it some content there. And then you kind of just keep growing with how social media trends go to keep relevant. And then the reels feature, I made a reel the day reels was released. Um, and then again, you would do these like little TikTok -y trends. And then now these like voiceover things that, you know, I'm just, it's keeping up with content. It's not easy. Um, but it's, you know, how you keep growing. I mean, there is an audience out there. So yeah, it's, it's pretty mean, like, you know, we, we definitely have, have talked to a couple of different people who have had a very similar path, right? Where it was like, Hey, I didn't really have an option. So I just kind of pivoted to this. And I do want to point out and eventually people are going to visit your Instagram, but like, I love the Miss Agave logo. Like it's just yeah, it's it's perfect. the way that you. you put that together. So, you know, I'm going to give all the credit to you. I don't know if you had a designer, but it was just like, I think it's great. So for our listeners, you know, definitely check out Ashley's Instagram just simply for her logo because it's, it's Thank amazing. You. It's, it's really cool. Um, so, you know, with keeping up with those trends and, you know, and trying to stay on top of those, like, I mean, what does that look like? I mean, is it just something that you're, you're seeing trending topics? You're kind of like, okay, how do I put an agave spin on this? Or what's that creative process been like for you? Yeah, I mean, with some of those videos, um, there is like the, hold on, I just got it. Okay. Can you guys see me? Okay. Yeah, uh, see sorry, that got a pop up on my screen. Uh, so yeah, the newest i guess trends on videos that i was doing are like sound bits and you hear it and i'm like okay this is a funny sound how can i apply this to being a bartender or agave and when it comes to me honestly it just get there and film it and to be a fly on my wall and see how many takes it takes and how much effort you know actually goes into doing those videos but 
I've pretty much gotten great feedback. I've seen how many shares some have gotten. People like just enjoy them. And that just motivates me to keep making more. Um, And then most recently, I I mean, when people ask me, like, where are you going with this? Like, my passion is within the education of agave spirits. You know, I just I don't want to just like talk about all spirits. Like it gets harder along the line because it's more about just educating and, and, and being aware of like everything that goes on with this from like the politics to the, the laws and you know, all of that stuff, which can get tricky. Right. And I do want to credit, I did come up with, um, I knew what I wanted my logo to look like. It is me and then half of an agave, but I am not artistic in any way. And my brother's good friend <laughs> helped me create it. So if anyone does go to my Instagram, I'm happy to send you his, uh, information if you need a logo because he he did knock it out of the park with it yeah it was it was great so okay so with that being said and what you're working towards education wise um you know you said we've we've had some other people in here and it and it really does amaze me how much time like people put into it so like you know when we talked to uh lucas aziz like that was hilarious how like his stuff kind of came together. Um, Nick Hogan from mover and shaker was another one that really kind of blew my mind. He just was like, he's like, I'm just on my computer all the time. (laughs) Just like, I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds awful. But you know, cause I think you have, let me see here. um, Just, just shy of like 8,000 people are like watching your content, at least just on Instagram. I don't know what the TikTok numbers look like, but I mean, are you at a point now where brands are approaching you for things um, where they want you to talk about different stuff? Like what do those conversations look like for you? Yes. Um, And, you know, I mean, I, I have been blessed that like, you know, most of these bottles that I've had, you know, um, some I have bought, some were gifts, some I've, you know, been sent, like, I guess you would say in, agave influencers um face you know a lot of people that are speaking about agave know that some brands like to send samples out and that's all been great um i don't i don't really know like the conversations i mean i would not necessarily so this is where i stand like i'm not really gonna post about a product i don't really um, believe in or, or care about so much. My account is not about reviews. If somebody wants to ask me my opinion on something for sure. And then again, it's opinion. You were talking about what you felt about the agave Maximiliana. You're not a fan. I absolutely love that funky sourness from it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I was going somewhere with that. (laughs) I lost track. Um, well, and there's like not not giving opinions, but just more so focusing. I, yeah. I would assume focusing on the education. And if brands are approaching you, wanting them to review stuff, or are approaching you, I mean, uh, you know, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean that's great that like I've created so much of like an, an account where it's getting noticed to the point where brands want me to have their product or taste their product. Like that's that's great. Like there is somewhat of a saturation on the market, I will say. Um, But what I was going to say before was like, I am a bartender, so I do understand where certain brands fit in certain places. Like what I have on the well is not going to be anything behind here, obviously, you know, so I appreciate that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm, I've gone to try some great things thanks to, you know, I guess the voice I created on my account. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I want to encourage people to go out to because it's, 
it's not just, you know, just about brands, but they're, you know, and always just the education, stuff. but there's the funny things. Like one of my personal favorites was like your reaction video to another rep bringing you another celebrity tequila like that, you know, was really funny. Cause that's, that's obviously low hanging fruit for us on this podcast. Like we love talking about celebrity tequilas and, and whatnot, and really mm-hmm. how much you do get inundated with it. I mean, even today when I was looking for looking at different articles and stuff like that, you know, they had a feature about Kevin Hart and how he's going to change the tequila game. It's like, get out of my face with this stuff. You know, um, fortunately it doesn't look like that one's doing very well. So hopefully <laughs> there's a changing of the yeah, tide. Yeah, um, he's cha- now he's before we move on to our less celebrities are going to want to get into it now. Yeah. They're like, Oh, I guess it's not out, I'm still trying to figure out what ultra premium means. I mean, so many right? brands use that terminology and I'm just like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get same. it. Like, I, I don't get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, everyone has their job, and sometimes it comes down to you get hired to work for a, as a brand rep or something for for a brand. Again, I, I I say my jokes, but in the end, that I do have to pour these things, or I'll work an event, and these 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 brands are there, and I'm not someone that's going to show up and say oh, I'm not going to work with you because these are my beliefs. I mean. That's it's part of my job as a bartender, um, mm. but yeah, it's 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 not only that. Like, there's some brands that are like, oh yeah, we'd love for you to try my new mezcal. Uh, cool, can you tell me something about it? I don't know. Yeah, it's from Oaxaca and it's Espadín. All right, man, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it could be the most delicious mezcal ever, and I'm not knocking it, but I don't know. You know, like, okay, so you went to Oaxaca, and you know, I don't know. Well, and I think there's, I think there's, there's stuff on the other side as well, because even, you know, having the, having like the state of mind, we're kind of like, like, okay, I'll do this. Like I do virtual tastings all over the United States and I don't control the tequila list. And more often than not, these are not tequilas that I would pour, but I don't, I, I'm like, whatever, I'm getting paid to do this. I, I don't have to go into deep about these individual products, but I can talk about tequila as a whole. Right. And so right. you're able to continue to educate people. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, there's the opposite side as well, where you do have these really intense agave enthusiasts who want to dictate what the industry does and what these producers do. And it's like, oh, well, you shouldn't have mezcal that's less than 45% or whatever arbitrary number they end up coming up with. And it's just, it's really kind of ridiculous trying to find that, that balance. Now, before we move on to the top stories, I did, I, do want to ask you about one one more thing and um and i think it's perfect because you had mentioned that you know there was a time where you're just kind of like i'll have what she's having because you didn't know anything else but now you're at a point where you're making a martini called the chai tequila martini and i want do you do you remember this drink do you remember how you national tequila day uh 2020 (laughs) That is correct. So, I mean, again, the, the, the information is light out there. So, you know, we kind of had to find stuff, but so this is what you used. It was two ounce coconut oil wash, Vulcan Blanco, one ounce Mm -hmm. of unsweetened chai tea, then some um, cream de cacao and some unsweetened coconut milk, and then cinnamon infused aquafaba. Uh, Pour all the ingredients in your cocktail shaker, dry shake about 30, 45 seconds, and then um, add in the ice, shake again. Then double strain into a coupe glass. 
uh, garnished with toasted coconut flakes. Is this the most Miami drink of all time created right here? <laughs> I haven't made it since. Um, I will say, <laughs> even though I'm sure someone listening would be like, that sounds somewhat t- tasty, I think. Uh, maybe. Um, one, my passion is agave spirits. And even I'm a bartender, it's not cocktails. I, I am not your, I mean, I can make a cocktail. I've been, I made millions of margaritas in my life, but yeah. Um, also, this was 2020. We're talking like July because it was National Tequila Day. So right. it was still like quarantine. I don't think restaurants were even open in Miami yet. Uh, and I was using what I had. And I mean, I enjoyed making the fat washed, uh, the oil, the coconut oil fat washed tequila. Um, that was like a first for me and something I got to try out while I was at home. Um is so what Miami? does that, what does that mean when you're when you're fat washing tequila? Like what is what I mean, what's the process? What what are you adding or what do you think you're adding to the tequila in that in that time? So you're gonna I mean you can fat wash really any spirit. Um, like you could use olive oil or, or fat wash like with like bacon or fat. Um, mm-hmm. In in certain cases, there will be some sort of flavor, like minor flavor there, um, but also sort of like a like a mouthfeel in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of does change. You are adding some um, other factor into this like spirit. So you're you know you're you're throwing it in the spirit, giving it a nice shake, and then freezing it, and then removing the solids and all of that because um, alcohol doesn't freeze and coconut right. oil will solidify. Um, so in, in, it's not the same as like infusing something like coffee beans or a cinnamon stick that might like actually change full on the flavor, but it, it did give it like a hint of something. And yeah. So the coconut complimented. It, it was, uh, so it was part of like the two ounce mag in the, it's a Miami bar magazine. And, and I, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that you brought up that it was July, 2020, because, you know, as I'm reading it, it was weird to read something from then that had no mention of the pandemic, like whatsoever, you know, cause that was, cause that was still would have been early enough where people were kind of like, this is kind of weird. Right. And, you know, and, uh, and then to kind of go that route that I thought was just, I was like, Oh, it's kind of nice that they still had, you know, focus just on the drinks here. So. I mean, I feel like during that time, the industry really kind of like came together from like what I could remember. There was a lot of like take a shot challenges and, right. and, people i mean the pandemic i mean it was i remember july was like one of the first months that i remember like receiving multiple tequilas to my house like i remember being like whoa this is like this is a good month i don't know like it was it was an interesting time everyone was like online and the fact that i um was able to like meet up with the team because it was also recorded like they did like Mm. a, a recording of an interview um They filmed the cocktail being made and some up behind the scenes. We had drone footage. Uh, It was, it was cool. I mean, it was, it was nice. And, and it was 2020 and I had just moved back to um, South Florida in the end of 2018. And I moved to Miami beach April 1st, 2020. So I had not even barely been like submerged into like the Miami South Florida, like South Miami bar scene so i don't know it was it was a cool it was a cool time and the fact that i was chosen for that was cool too now did they did they choose you because of your instagram following or or like how did they even find you because if you're that new to the city 
I mean, that seems kind of crazy. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a, it's a small world, and with the Volcan rep, and they were she was friends with Elena, who runs Two Ounce Mag, and um, I met her through there. And initially, she had actually reached out earlier to do something for National Margarita Day, which is in February. And then I had gone to Mexico and and stuff like that. So then it was a pushback, and then they chose to do it again in July. So. I mean, yeah, it was, it, it's just, you know, looking out at the community and, and stuff like that, which is great. So that goes for mm. like bartenders anywhere else or, or industry people. I mean, look into your like own community too. It's not so, yeah, connect with your, support the industry. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And everybody go out there and make yourself a chai tequila martini. Because I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not embarrassed by it, but like, it's just really funny. Like, that's what you dug up and found, and like, I'm just like, what? Yeah, that that happens. That happens often on this show now. So I, okay. I, I get it. Uh, all right. It well, now I think it's time for our opinions on facts that we've heard from reputable sources. Okay, so in the first thing that we want to talk about today is just the global shipping issues and uh, how much of a disruption it, it's really been. So a couple of the examples that they that they put out was like Oakland and Los Angeles in terms of their ports. And right now in Oakland, it's taking six days to unload and load while import containers linger by almost 11 days in port before being transported in Los Angeles. Um, those those uh, wait times are about 12 days before they leave, uh, five and a half days for vessels to be processed. Um so I, I wanted to talk about this one because I just feel like everywhere it's getting more and more expensive. I know for myself, it's we get like another email every single day where it's like, hey, by the way, this is three more dollars or this is not going to or this is delayed or this was supposed to show up today and it's not. Um, you know, there are two very different places in how the pandemic was handled of that between California and Florida. But when it comes to shipping issues and things like that and dealing with the bar, and especially with the growth and popularity that tequila has really kind of gone through over the past year, I don't know if how, you know, if it's translated to Florida as well, but in California, like we just can't keep anything that's an aged tequila in stock. But, you know, actually, what have you guys seen that in your bar? Have you seen that in the city where it's kind of like, like, man, we just can't get our hands on anything right now? So I would say I focus on, um, agave focused bars pretty much worked in all of them at this point um what it i mean it's kind of i think what you're referring to i'm gonna i I see it differently like if we're Mm -hmm. not able to get something it's just because the beauty of agave spirits is just they just don't have it for agave reasons or they just didn't have a batch or that kind of thing um yeah there were certain issues that I heard of regarding um, raw material products like um, like tops, like the corks of, of bottles, but that actually came from issues that happened um, in what happened well, with Ukraine. Uh, but when it comes down to the ports, honestly, I, I don't, I, I feel like Florida, I mean, from what I feel in South Florida, I don't know how much it's affected in that sense. Okay. And then, and so then when you're talking about like agave reasons, what are, what are some of the stuff that, that you're talking about? Like, what are some of those contributing factors? I mean, 
depending what brand, right? Um, certain mezcals, for example. I mean, you just can't. There's there's one bottle of Papalometo from Cinco Sentidos that we just can't get. And that's just the beauty, like, as I would say, of agave spirit. It's just sometimes, like with these agaves that are wild, you you have a batch and sometimes a lot of bottles tell you how many liters are produced of this batch and that's it. Um, not so long ago, I was speaking with one of the major reps from, uh, from Fortaleza and he was like, I am in Miami basically going around apologizing to bartenders for not having product. And that does come from the growth of agave spirits. I and mean, if more and more bars are, are, are ordering it, um, it is hard to get it. Like we didn't have Fortalissa for a few weeks because we just couldn't get our hands on it. But So you can't drink our stuff. Here's some water. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that says a lot for... You know, I, I, I think anybody listening or anybody who drinks tequila or has had Fortaleza could agree. They they are this, like, front runner for that category. Um, they have a lot of respect from bartenders and agave enthusiasts as a whole. And, I mean, it says a lot. I mean, being in their distillery, I've gone a couple of times and, like, you see, how, like, the space they have and, and what they what they produce. I mean, it's it says a lot. And... And that goes for a lot of other spirits too. I mean, if you, it's not that they just can't keep up because, I mean, they can't keep up because of demand because of so much of producing, but it's more than that. You know, agaves take so long to grow. And then when you're making it the, like the right way, there's only so much you can produce. Now, when you're skipping a few steps and you're cheating, yeah, you have endless bottles on shelves and, and that's, you know, I, that's what it, I guess, comes down to with agave. So, and, you know, as I told you earlier, sometimes these stories end up being umbrellas and we go in completely different directions. And so I'm going to do that yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> so oh, you already did. <laughs> yeah. So, so Fortaleza, we also had those, so we had those same issues here in California. And, um, you know, and one of the things that you can always run into with brands and, and sometimes, and I know for a lot of us as enthusiasts, like you want people to drink good stuff, right? But then there's also kind of like this punk band um, mindset about it, where it's kind of like, well, I don't want to get too popular because then I won't be able to get it, right? And you kind of get selfish, but you also want the brand to be successful. I was just reminded of um, coming across a bottle in uh, in Northern California, like one of the smaller college towns, and it was a bottle of the 2020 uh, Fortaleza Winter Blend, and they had it they had it list or uh, priced at four hundred dollars. And looking at that now, I mean, this was a bottle, I think the 2018 version that I got, I think I bought for 110. Um, and so now seeing things like $400 and, and I don't see a whole lot of shock on either one of your guys' faces. So are you kind of like, yeah, that's kind of where it should be or like, or is that ridiculous? Or, I mean, when you see 
prices like that? Or does it feel like the, the market's correcting itself and kind of be like, no, this is what this stuff should cost. So Ashley, let me start with you. What do you think? The first thing that came to my mind was like the shoe game, right? Like people that like get it, get it. The ones that don't, don't, right? Like the resale of shoes is like to like kind of like what made me think of that. I think okay. tequila should be enjoyed. Everyone should be able to enjoy it. Don't gatekeep it in that sense. Um, if there, if it was one bottle, then if it was like a, a palette or multiple bottles, like that's where like I think I would draw the line because I know of somebody who buys Fortaleza by the palette to just have in his house. Wow. And that comes a bit selfish. You know, in a way, you could see it that way. Um, then again, I guess that shows people like how, I mean, I think agave spirits should be more, way more expensive than they actually are. Um, just Agreed. from the hard Agreed. work that goes into it and, and people should start accepting that sooner than later. Um, but I guess I didn't, I don't know if I really answered it. I kind of like, I, I get it, especially if it was like, a, if it was a private, um, liquor store and, that's the last of it because in the end that's it like it is a limited release and it is at this point you said 2018 that's right well this one was a 2020 because you know okay yeah this this was like this was the kind of store that Mm -hmm. it wasn't like they were super savvy to something it was like the rep came in is like i only have one bottle of this everybody wants it you know because that i've seen that transpire you know a few times as well um chris what do you think you hear four hundred dollars for a bottle of uh, Fortaleza. Are you pulling the trigger? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, are, are any of these trends, you know, as an agave enthusiast, I mean, you know, do you have any concerns about like where this is leading? I mean, obviously the price of agave in places like Jalisco has gone up exponentially. Um, and you're seeing this transpire in stores as well. Like, you know, brands like Clase Azul are charging thousands of dollars for different brands and stuff like that. And I mean, if you look at something like their Mezcal, which their Mezcal is really good, but you can also get Eric's stuff other places for a fraction of the cost. I mean, is, do you have any concerns as, you know, as an educator or do, what do you see as your role as you see agave trending where it's trending? Right. Um, I was going to say one more thing. Who's profiting yeah, from that 400? 
You know, that's where it comes down to. Is that going to go back to the brand? Is that going to go back to Mexico? If that's just going to go to the store who sold it? Or, I mean, I don't really know how. It's like, going to be just the store sold. for sure. Right. Yeah. That's kind of like, that's kind of like where I'm like, mm. At that point, you're just milking off what... I, okay, um, trends-wise, <laughs> I mean, look, drink what you like. I would rather people get drunk and, and, and think that they're showing off their status with a pretty bottle with a bell on it and think that they, I don't know, you know, whatever, uh, Miami stuff, with a product that... I mean, I'm not really a fan of. You brought it up because I'm assuming you fall out under that brand where we know that it's really just a pretty bottle. Um, I, I mean, drink what you like, right? But with these, with the trends, I mean, in the end of the day, I, I mean, I remember uh, listening to a podcast from another agave guru out in LA, Max, and he was like, there's just not enough for everybody to drink, especially if we all want to drink it in the purest way. So for me, if, when people come to my bar, if people want to listen to this podcast or people want to have a conversation with me, you know, I do want them to appreciate the spirit, what it is, how it was made, understand all of that to, to know that what they're drinking is more than just this spirit that has this oh take shots and have fun but it's tricky because you have brands that are that are convincing people that in your tequila needs to taste like lollipops and sweet candy and and then it doesn't and then it's bad I mean so I could go into rants about this but the trends I mean it's tricky I mean tequila has surpassed or not gone on level with vodka so we know that there's demand we know that people are drinking it um i don't see it stopping so they're just gonna i don't know until it explodes i guess in some way i don't know well i do i do want to point out this is a safe place for you to rant all you want there's nothing <laughs> that you could say at like... this point that hasn't <laughs> been uttered multiple times on this podcast yeah. from various guests definitely from chris and i um so there's there's always things i mean obviously at the, at the same time like um you know something like a closet as well it's like i i totally support them and everything that they do i think i think when you can get that price for something you should absolutely do it and and what arturo and his team have been able to put together in terms of a brand is like it is unbelievable what they've done and i think it's something that a lot of brands could potentially take notes from just in terms of presentation wise and and, and whatnot like there's there are positives to it now you know, as I said, is it something that I want to drink? No, no, it's not. But even in times where like, I, I, the, I always think of the, the last time that I had it, I was sitting next to my wife, we we're at one of my accounts. And I just was like, okay, it's been a really long time since I've had this tequila. I'm going to try it and you're going to try it. Now, my wife really doesn't drink a whole lot of spirits, mostly just gravitates towards the wine. So she tries it. And I'm like, I'm like, yep, still not for me. And then her response was, I love this. And you're kind of like, well, there you go. I mean, two people yeah. who see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. And with that, just not at all, you know? But then, so um, it's funny because people then put price with with quality and it's distorted in a way. I mean, maybe in certain things you get what you pay for. 
um, in this case, I wouldn't necessarily say. And I actually had a little like TikTok rant about it. I had a guest not too long ago, came to the bar. Um, what did he ask for? He asked for um, Casamigos. And we don't carry Casamigos at the bar. So then I say, you know, this is my tequila selection. I'm happy to um, re uh, recommend one for you. He recognized Fortaleza. So I went on to uh, get it and we had an empty bottle on the back shelf because this was when we couldn't get it in. I don't know why it was back there. Uh, and instead of coming back empty-handed, I grabbed the bottle of Cascawin, you know, another lowland agave spirit, delicious. And I was like, you know, I think you would like this one. So sorry, we don't actually have Fortalice that's empty. He's like, um, I'll just get the Casa Dragones. Um, and I'm like, all right, yeah, no problem. Um, he goes you know, uh, Casamigos is more expensive than Fortaleza, right? And I'm like, okay. I, I mean, a lot of times I am biting my tongue at work, and it, that's what I meant earlier. I was saying it's getting harder and harder. But I was like, okay, I really don't know where he was trying to go with this. And he, like, says it again. And then he goes, um... And I, and I guess at that point I responded, I was like, just because, you know, it's more expensive doesn't mean it's, it's necessarily better. And that's yeah. where I'm like, okay, customer service don't like, don't fight back. <laughs> but I mean, at this point, bro, like, you know, it is one of those kind of, uh, it's a mezcal bar. And, um, he sees the price of Casa Aragones because it is again, another one of those expensive, uh, tequilas and he ends up getting well, uh, so, which is Dobel Cristalino. So, um, you know, I don't know if he, and he was by himself. He wasn't buying for somebody else. He wasn't trying to flex. He wasn't trying, look, I'll happily sell you Casa, Casa, Casa Azul for $40, $50 a shot. You want four? Say less. Like as a bartender, <laughs> go for it. But when yeah. people come into my bar and ask me things, yeah, some of the mezcal I have is expensive. I'll never start at my most expensive one because I'm not trying to give people a bad taste in their mouth of mezcal because I charge them $50 for a shot for one. But, you know, uh, it's, uh, that's a story that happened to me. <laughs> I love it. And I do think that that guy was definitely trying to flex. It just was just trying to do it to you, you know, not to that to the group, you know. So that's I think that's what those they're definitely flex bottles. And I and I always like seeing those and and just thinking yeah. to myself, this isn't the flex that you think it is. Right. So, right. yeah. All right. Let's let's move on to our next one so we can because we're we're getting a little long here. I could talk agave all day. <laughs> Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk agave. We're talking more agave. <laughs> now we're talking rosé tequila, which is Yay. just another thing to get Ashley all riled up and upset. So, um, no. or, or maybe not. I don't know. I guess we're, I guess we're, we will find out here, but so there, yeah, yeah. So we are, so we are in a time where we are seeing more and more things like rosé, uh, tequila. And this is, Tequila that's being aged in like the one that was pointed out in this article was like French wine cask. And so it kind of gives it like this red hue. There was also some port cask aging as well. Um, you know, obviously eight, I, I'm not, I'm personally, I'm not the biggest fan of aged tequila. It doesn't sound like Ashley, you are either. You're yeah. more so just like a Blanco's, you know, uh, and, and whatnot. But when it comes to, when it comes to your bar, I mean, do you have people coming in being like, let me get that new rosé tequila. Is that something that you've heard so far? No, never. <laughs> never. So, 
Chris, what about you? Anybody coming into the bottle shop looking for some rosé tequila? But this is something that is becoming more prevalent, right? You're seeing a lot more aging happening in different stuff. So, um, for example, Don Julio is aging in scotch barrels, right? You know, like the Buchanan's and and whatnot. Uh, I think there is some interesting stuff out there, but... Mm-hmm. From the Primavera. Yeah. So you know what's interesting about about that one is so, so it comes out in my as someone who does drink a lot of like orange and amber wine, I immediately went to skin contact wine. But it is legitimately like oranges wine is what this tequila was put in. But right, and so and and it was interesting because I, you know, I also work with um, with Distillery fourteen fourteen, and they just actually came out with one as well that was like an orange wine cast, which I thought was super interesting because even my boss like was like, oh, I, like no one's done this before, and I was like, Don Julio literally just did this in a huge campaign, um, you know. It's you want to encourage innovation and and you want people to to try new things and uh you know another example of that and, and actually I think it's actually it's behind you it's like the Corrado right that's a that's a type of infusion that that they did so which is obviously way different than some barrel aging and whatnot but has there been has there been anything that's jumped out to you actually you're kind of like you're like oh I didn't think I would like that but it was actually pretty cool or a different style or method that you've seen within agave production I realize that's a huge kind of you know open-ended question but I just I'm I'm curious to see if there's anything that you've come across or people approach you with yeah I mean I I think where um things that I I have enjoyed um I don't want to sound like basic and, and right now it's, it's kind of trendy and I think it's trendy for like the wrongish reasons, but especially when you're looking at mezcal, um, that has gone through, uh, I guess the pechuga process. Mm -hmm. Those have been, um, quite, quite interesting and, and I think fun to play around. Um, I've tried this, actually this ricea that has gone through, a um, a pechuga process with, deer um by law it had to be a male not a female so like there's also like preservation things that go into that um this mezcaloteca has the beach in it and it literally tastes like an alpastor taco like like very green it's unreal i feel like it's not i'm not here to say like everyone go out there and 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 drink these pechugas they all they are like traditional kind of I mean, drink them if you like, why not? But um, the idea is that it is, it is usually drunk during um, either celebrations, weddings, funerals. And for, for that, I think that's cool. Like sort of like an introduction in, in the distillation that has um, tradition behind it. Uh, I've enjoyed when it's come to barrels. I'm not going to knock it because... I'm just, I'm not, it's not new. I don't think rosé tequila is going to take off. I, I, I think it might have like a little bachelorette weekend, like little maybe TikTok hit and then that's it. And I'm just being like blunt and maybe a little mean. 
Um, I don't <laughs> think that's the way to cater to females. I personally don't care for pink things. Um, in like side note, like, you know, uh, and there's no gender. I mean, when it comes down to it, I think what's cool is, you know, anytime I speak about people making tequila or mezcal, I make sure to say, you know, the mezcalero or mezcalera, te, you know, master tequilera, like knowing that there's also females behind making these spirits and that's great, but it's, it's trendy. I prefer that than, than, than trying to go ahead and flavor things, uh, like tequila, I guess, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I, well i don't know what the fuck that happened but we're back <laughs> so here we go you know who's dope them over there and now it's time for my favorite section because we cut off my last section. We, we don't know what happened. Technology <laughs> has failed us. I, I, it was my fault because I thought I had said that we had figured out every problem except for that one. That's a new problem. Um, but we're going to do our dope follows. Our dope follows are where we give you recommendations on people you should check out, shows to watch, podcasts to listen to, books to read. Whatever we think is dope, we think that you should also uh, think is dope. So, Ashley, kick it off. Who is your dope follow this week? I'll give it up to another female bartender. She goes by the Badass Bartender. Uh, she's super active on TikTok and Instagram and just makes a bunch of um, different cocktails, things that we think we all know, but not everyone does, like making different kinds of syrups. She recently did an olive oil fat washing video. And um, yeah, she's just like super active and on it so it's just interesting you know to see her content is it so it's badass bartender is there any underscores or anything like that yeah let me get it for you because i'm not sure if her tiktok is the same just sometimes they're like taken but so on instagram is the period badass period bartender um so there's a period between each one and then it's the same on TikTok. Cool. Perfect. The badass bartender. All right. So go ahead and follow this. And then and people can get to see the fat washing, which I, uh, yeah. you know, it's like, wow. Talk about immediate dividends uh, on that. Uh, Chris, who's your don't follow this week? Uh, mine is both a website and an Instagram page. Uh, the, the Trash Collective, um, originally out of out of England. A couple, they've moved to uh, uh, Toronto, Ontario in the last couple years. Uh, their whole shtick is um, is conservation behind the bar. They show you how to be um, more, uh, more environmentally friendly, reducing your footprint. Um, they come up with really creative... Uh, techniques for reusing things that you might have thought were trash in the past. Like um, I remember sort of one of their more uh, quintessential blogs that they wrote was instead of throwing away the, the husks of your lemons and your limes and your oranges after you're done juicing them, uh, getting ready for your prep, holding those off to the size side and making a, a citrus syrup 
uh, with those that they that then you can go back and, and reuse to add uh, another level of uh, citrus quality to whatever cocktail you're using. Um, they, they really think outside of the box and and if nothing else beyond just their ingenuity, they give you a lot to think about and really give you the tools to sort of develop and create your own um, methods for being sustainable. It's kind of, kind of fucking cool. They, they do a really good job and they've been at it for a long time. Um, and they're badass bartenders. I mean, they really know what they're doing. I've seen them, I've seen them sling at tails. They did went on a, on a nationwide tour before moving to Toronto. Um, they really know what they're doing. It's kind of cool. Okay. What's their Instagram? Cause I was looking it up and I found like other ones. I don't know if it's the trash, right one. trash collective. Oh yeah, sure. I also put the, but it's trash. Sorry, I they are the trash collective, but it's on Instagram. It's at trash collective. I like it. I like it. Okay, so um, you know, for me, I have I have two for for you guys today. Now, typically, when it comes to television watching, I'm very much so like play the hits for myself. So I rewatch. I think like a lot of people, you know, you binge your favorite shows. Um, so Seinfeld and things of that nature. But I have some new shows that I think are freaking awesome that people should check out. Uh, my first one is on HBO and it's called uh, Hacks. And Hacks is about a uh, aging comedian who has a residency at uh, in Vegas and a young comedian who kind of gets blackballed in LA and has to go and uh, write for her. And it's just a really, really fun dynamic. Um, it's uh Jean Smart, which you probably won't recognize the name, but then like you look at her and be like, oh, I know that lady. And then she's like, she's the the super good in it. Um, And then the other one is The Offer, which is on Paramount Plus right now. And that's the story of, yeah, oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, she both. Both Ashley and I would be like, be still my heart. Like, oh my God, I can't even handle it. Um, so Miles Teller uh, plays the producer of The Godfather. And it basically, t- and it, so it tells the story of how they made The Godfather. And I got to tell you guys, if you're a fan of that movie, it is batshit crazy what went on to get this movie made. And um, and I actually had someone tell me that The Godfather wasn't a good movie today. And I just want, um, I want, I want Jason uh, a little off the top, you know, podcast fame to know that you're wrong, sir. You're, you're, you're wrong. He's you pick, the one who told you we're you not picked, doing, we're not doing Edward 40 hands now because I can't, <laughs> I can't be given sharp objects in your, in your general vicinity. Anymore. Yeah. He picked, wow. he picked a mimosa as his cocktail Mount Rushmore and he thinks Godfather was bad. I don't even know no, Jay, what to do with my wrong. hands at this point. So, um, mimosa? yeah, well, We'll fill you in after. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so, but hey, you guys, those are some pretty dope follows. Yeah. I'm interested to see the a straw hack. It's going to be good. Music. You're going to dig it. For the Good Bottle Podcast is orchestrated by the Moore Brothers and produced awkwardly by these two guys. Before we go and kill the bottles, I, I killed my can. I drank my Montaki uh, that we've been drinking. We ask that if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. 
just like grind it in and leave us a five-star review and then tell all your friends tell tell your friends yeah. kids because really we need to get them young <laughs> jesus um share it share is what you need to do uh you can follow us on instagram or facebook at the good bottle podcast or on our personal accounts uh mine is d garrison six chris is kristen flair ashley where can they find you i know we've talked about it at nauseum but where can they find you on the social medias at Miss Agave, so that's M-I-S-S, Agave, A-G-A-V-E, uh, all one word. So on Instagram and on TikTok, Miss Agave. Well, and if uh, you would like for us to cover a story <laughs> or you work for a brand that wants to be covered, please email us at thegoodbottlepodcast at gmail.com. And as a reminder, sometimes you can purchase the things that we drink on this episode at the Good Bottle sometimes. Shop dot com but if until you can make it next there through time all the, uh, the construction yeah if you can make it through or go visit their website um That's right. but cheers you guys thank you so much cheers, cheers. salud what else i just love that we have a new problem that we haven't encountered we got too cocky we flew too close to the sun is what happened just call me icarus baby Fuck. <laughs>